This is Ibarian X, and welcome to The Candid Frame. You can now download the latest episode of The Candid Frame directly to your smartphone or tablet using the Candid Frame app. Available for Apple iOS, Android, and Windows 8, you can automatically receive and listen to the latest episode minutes after it's released. Mark and download your favorites or send your comments and suggestions directly to me via the app. Download it today using your favorite app store or click on the links in the show notes found at the Candid Frame website. My recent trip to Europe provided me an opportunity to dedicate myself to my own photography in a way that I haven't had the chance to do for months. It wasn't only fun and relaxing, but it helped me to truly assess my own development as a photographer. When making images every day, I'm challenging myself to move beyond cliche or simply repeating myself. It's not an easy thing to do. But it made me reaffirm the importance of shooting on a regular basis to improve whatever talent I have as a photographer. The practice of producing photographs on a regular basis is something that Eric Tennant has faced for nearly a decade as the creator of the highly influential blog, Paris Daily Photo. His photographs of Paris are not that of a tourist or a professional photographer, but rather as a Parisian who shares his passion for photography and Paris with a worldwide audience. His photographs and his blog helped inspire hundreds of people to create their own hometown-based daily blog. Our recent trip to Paris provided me the chance to not only interview Eric for the show, but also to cement a friendship that I hope continues for years to come. Sit back and enjoy our conversation with Eric Tennant. Eric, welcome to The Candid Frame. It's uh, it's a pleasure to, to have the chance to talk to you and to be in your apartment in Paris, which is beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. This thank is only you for my, having me. Yeah, this is only my second Parisian apartment that I've ever oh, been to. Oh, it is? Yeah. Yeah, it's not very easy to get into Parisian homes. Right, you have to doesn't. get to know the people and stuff. It's very French. You know, it takes time. But once you're friends, you remain friends forever. Yeah, it's 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 been interesting being in the, in the city. For, for the second time, I think the first time, I just like with with anything when you're new to a place, it's like getting adjusted. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've always appreciated your blog. Yeah. For the insight, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the insight, it gives me into you know the sort of uh, sort of a not not necessarily a day to day perspective, but uh, an insider perspective. Um, well, that's exactly what I try to do. But it's it's not always easy because I'm not always aware of what's going on. But I try to, of course, I take you know monuments and very touristy places and stuff from time to time. But not only because precisely I don't want it to be just like a postcard blog, basically. One of the interesting things about a person that documents their town, whether it's Paris or whether it's a town wherever they live, is that it gives it gives the photographer the opportunity to sort of reveal a personal side of the place that they live. And it's interesting that you chose not only to make the pictures, but to share it on the blog. So mm-hmm. why, why, why do that? I know that there was a lot of people writing blogs during the time, but you were one of the first that dedicated uh, a blog specifically to creating daily photos of, of a city and sharing that. 
Yeah, well, it's it's actually a coincidence. The the thing that I started this this because in two thousand five uh, I was given a camera for my birthday, and uh, I didn't know exactly what to do with it. So uh, I started taking photos of a bit of everything around me, and um, and then. You know, it was this this uh, blog craze at, at that time that started, and so I thought to myself, "Oh, why why not make a blog and I'll post a photo every day?" And then that's how I came up with this idea of uh, Paris Daily Photo. At that time, it was called uh, uh, Paris One Photo a Day, I think. Um, so I changed the name to Paris Daily Photo pretty quickly, and um, and that's how it started. And I thought I was going to do that for six months maximum. <laughs> <laughs> And here you are. Now it's it's going to be uh, ten years in, in oh, March. Oh wow! Mm. So when you started it, y- you had just recently had gotten the camera. So were you sort of learning photography as you were sort of going along and just posting images and sort of developing a sense not only of the camera but how to see? Yeah. Well, I've I've, I've never been big on uh, photography, and I'm. You know, I, I don't consider myself as a photographer, really, um, but as uh, some someone who just got a camera one day and, and started taking photos, basically, that's it. And this is true that when I see uh, my old photos, I'm like, oh, how, how, how could I post this? <laughs> <laughs> so definitely you learn with time and... Um, and also, the uh, I learned many things, including uh, how to use the camera settings more, how to use software. Also, software is very important nowadays. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also, with time, you become more and more demanding, of course, because uh, you know you like you don't want to post a photo that uh, you don't like. For example, you you don't think it's good, but it's not always easy. First of all, because you have to post a photo every day, and you know you're not creative, or you don't get the the good photo every day. Yeah. Um, but I try my best. That's all. How did how did you using the camera to make photographs start changing the way you saw the city? Well, the interesting part is that this blog not only allowed me to meet a lot of people uh, from all over the world, but also to rediscover precisely rediscover mm-hmm. Paris because there are many places. Uh, either you go by them without noticing them just because you live in the city, so it may be beautiful and you never noticed it because, you know, it's just your daily life. Or you go to special places because you know you have a good chance of making a good photo over there, which I would have never done otherwise. Mm. So it really, and I, I really discovered many interesting places, very small. I'm, I'm uh, Right now I'm thinking of a, little street on Place de la Bastille that I had never uh, seen before. And it's it's really a lovely street, very quiet, although the Place de la Bastille is a very noisy place normally. But this, this uh, little street is really uh, captivating. One of the things I like about this city is that uh, it's very conducive to getting lost in it. Yeah, yeah, pro- yeah, probably uh, much more than much more than in a place like Manhattan, for example, <laughs> where everything is square. Here you've got very narrow streets and so. Well, you know, it, it, Paris was uh, the the first tones of Paris uh, were uh, uh, laid. Uh, I don't know in uh, two thousand years ago, yeah. for example. So you can imagine how many streets there has been, how many buildings, how many all the layers and stuff. It's it's really uh, fascinating. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a joke in um, LA Story. There's a scene in the movie where Steve Martin oh, yeah, is on a date, mm-hmm. and he 
points out the to the building to the girl and goes, that building is 50 years old. <laughs> and we're here in the city where the buildings are like thousands, you know, and it's, it's, it's a, it's amazing. Um, not only the history, but to think about all the people that walk down these very same streets. Yes. And, yes. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and it, it seems like this place is sort of infused with that because there's just evidence of all these generations of people that have existed in the city, which I think adds to um, sort of the magic and the aura Mm-hmm. of it because you you can't help but be aware of it yes because it's almost everywhere it's true i mean you especially if you're in the in the very center of paris you have all these old stones and you have remains of the past you even have remains of the uh in some places i don't i don't know if you've seen them and you have remains of the old roman walls that were around yes, the I've seen those, yeah and that's you know when you think of course there's uh, very little left now but uh, when you think of that it's still there it's amazing what did you like about starting the the blog itself and sharing the images? You mentioned that you had the had the opportunity to meet a lot of people that mm. you might not have otherwise. What what surprised you about the blog in terms of the connections that you were able to make? Well, the first thing, of course, is the uh, I'm going to use the term success. Of course, it's a bit overrated because let's remain uh, modest. Is not it's not like uh, a, a big uh, blog, but. Uh, still, you know, um, especially um, around 2008, 2009, I had many, many, many comments and it was very nice. It was very rewarding to see that uh, people would actually like my photos because, you know, in the beginning I wasn't sure of that. And then, yeah, the second part is definitely all the connections that I have made throughout the world. The thing is that also, you know... Um, when I started, the very first uh, months, I uh, had uh, posted a little note on my blog saying, if you want to do the same in your city or if you do the same in your city, right. uh, uh, send me an email and we will all uh, link uh, to each other. And uh, I started receiving emails from you know London, uh, Rome, etc., etc., et many places in the world. And so it's, it, it became like a sort of... Uh, international club if, yeah. if you will and uh it was really very interesting very uh nice and i learned i learned about you know many uh places in the world that i had no idea they existed like for example the capital of uh in near australia and uh so suddenly i you know i could see that there was a, a place over there and they have uh, they had a very little electricity, not electricity not all day long. So the lady who had the blog over there mm-hmm. couldn't post a photo a day oh, easily wow. and stuff like that. That was very interesting. Oh, she had a dial-up connection, so it would never work. But she, you know, did her best to post a photo daily if she could. And all from something you thought you were only going to do for six months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I would agree that that has to be very gratifying. The fact it that is. you're able to connect, not your, not just yourself with all these people, but you're able to connect all these people who are photographers as well as the people who are just, you know, dropping dropping in to take a look at those those photographs and learn something not only about places that are far away from them, but probably locations that are very close to them. Yes, yes, definitely. And also um, the interesting thing is that whenever I would travel somewhere, the first thing I would check is uh-huh. if there was a daily photo uh, uh, where I would uh, be going, and most likely there was one, so I would always meet with a person who uh, had this blog in uh, wherever it was in the world. That was very, uh, very funny. Did you find that um, 
over time that you got more comments from people outside of Paris than people who were in Paris? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the thing is that, so I started it in English and not in French, thinking that it would not be very interesting for the French because they know Paris, they've been, you know, they mm -hmm. see Paris on television every day. In fact, I have, according to the stats, I don't check them very often anymore, but in the beginning, uh, I have about one-third of the visitors in France, which is not that bad. The rest oh. is mostly in the U.S. and English-speaking countries, of course. Yeah, so most of the comments would come from people from all over the world, uh, mostly the U.S., mostly the U.S., and, and England also, you know. One of the things about a long-term project, especially one that's, that's lasted as long as, as this, is that it can go through phases where it can be great fun or it can also can be a, a chore mm. and a point where you go, oh, screw this. Because even with this podcast, there were times where I was just ready to just, yeah. you know, it's I not worth you. the trouble and give it up. So talk to me about maintaining this for as long as you have and, and why keep, you know, why did you keep doing it? And especially early on, what is, at some point it may have been like a struggle because I always find that it's like it's early on where the question of whether or not I should keep doing it comes up. And then after you kind of go over that hump, you, you, you kind of have a stride for a while. I mean, it always will come up at some point going, how long do I want to keep doing this? Yeah, but yeah. that first initial hump, can you tell me about that? You know, the first uh, years, the first months and years were okay because, because you know, the uh, audience would increase, the stats would increase and stuff. And then after, I think, about three years or something like that it remains stable and so uh but i would still continue because uh i would ha still have uh, uh, feedback from people it was very gratifying um it became it's true i hear you uh, when you say uh, it can become a chore it became a chore about i don't know two or three years ago two years ago let's say and so sometimes i'm like oh, uh, why do I have to post a photo every day? <laughs> and um, and and now that's why I I said I would stop it next March because it's going to be ten years and I think I need to move on to something else and I also have the feeling that I ph photographed almost everything in Paris, <laughs> which of course is not true, but um, but uh, you know I think it's enough now. And plus, you know, blogs are less popular nowadays. People are more on on uh, social networks and stuff, so you have to connect everything it's a lot of work for you know it's not my job I, it's just a hobby yeah. right so so i just want to go until march next march because it'll be t 10 years and it's a round number and stuff that's all but you're right after a certain well this you know and also uh, the thing is that i'm pretty proud to have been able to uh do that for 10 almost 10 years now because i always um I always uh, um, think of myself as someone who cannot, who gets bored with things very easily. Mm -hmm. I start things, everything, you know, I can, uh, I would work like crazy for a couple of weeks or months or whatever. And then I give up thinking, okay, um, okay, I need to move on to something else. And, and this is uh, uh, something I really don't like uh, in my personality. So I was very happy to be able at least, you know, it's like a proof that I can do something for a long time and be very persistent. You know, posting a photo every day requires a lot of 
regularity obviously but uh, you know you especially i remember you know i've never missed a day never missed a day and when i think of that i'm you know pretty not a, wow that's even impressive. when i had to go to the hospital once you know i had in, in, emer- <laughs> in emergency <laughs> but i managed to post a photo so that's amazing. That's yeah. quite an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, because nice. I, I tried a 365 project, which was for just one year, and I missed days. Yeah, you yeah. Because it was really, it was really hard. You really had to dedicate yourself to making that, that, you know, photograph every day. It's a real commitment. The thing is that after a certain time, it becomes like taking a shower in the morning or brushing your teeth, right? You know that you have to do it, and you don't even question why. It's like, uh, you know, I remember in the beginning I used to compare that with uh, this uh, series on television, Lost, and they had a, a place called the Latch where mm-hmm. people would punch in numbers oh, every yeah. hour, and they would not know why. It <laughs> <laughs> was exactly in the same situation. So, <laughs> like, so you didn't have to find out if everything just blew up if you stuck there. No, that's it. right. That's right. <laughs> well, um, maybe um, that's what's going to happen in March. <laughs> But I think that that daily practice is, is what makes you better, you know, and I think that that's one of the, the, the reasons why it's good to make a commitment, maybe not necessarily 10 years, but, you know, committing a certain period of time to producing work on a, on a regular basis in and of itself makes you better because there's only so many classes, so many books that you can look at, so many museums mm-hmm. you can go to. It's really the practice of making the pictures and looking at them and studying them and discovering what works, what doesn't work, that makes you makes you a better photographer. Um, well, regularity is probably the key to everything in life. If you go to the gym, uh, gym every day, uh, then you'll have results, whereas if you go once in a while, you'll never get results. If you study a language uh, one hour a day, then you'll get results. If you study it from time to time, you never get results. So... Uh, yeah, and, and discipline and regularity is probably the hardest thing in life and also is the most uh, important uh, thing to achieve stuff. Yeah, I think some people will be surprised to know that when you started the block, you were actually had a quote-unquote normal job that you yes. had to go out, <laughs> or go out to, and now you work as for yourself as a, as a freelancer. Yeah. And that as a freelancer, it's more difficult to go out there and make the shots than it was when you had a job. And I think most people... Think the reverse, that think about, well, if I could work for myself, I would have all this time to go and shoot. So when you had that normal job, how did, how did the photography fit into everything that you had to do? Well, first of all, when you have a normal job, you go to uh, work every morning and you come back every night. So um, you always I, I drive a scooter. I drive a scooter. So, so for me, it's very easy to uh, divert my uh, normal route and go to any places. And also at lunch, during, at lunch, during lunch, uh, my lunch break, or even during—I I used to be a journalist, so it's a you know it's a job where you can you don't have you know normal hours. You can mm-hmm. leave the office during the day because you need to uh, interview someone, for example. So it was pretty easy for me to go to many places, take a quarter of an hour to take my photo and go back to work. Or, you know, I was uh, I was the easiest, but I had to go out because I had to go to work every day. 
so it was easier. Now I work from home, so uh, I have much less occasions to go out and, and you know, if I want to take a photo of some something in particular, I really have to go out of my place and take my scooter and then go to this place and come back and stuff. So it's much more time-consuming than um, than when I used to have to go to work. Did you find that, that you were working with pictures rather than words as you typically did, that that was sort of a... Sort of a nice relief from what you had to do from your day to day as a journalist. Well, in fact, the uh, the, the reason why you, you know I, I told you that the, I started this during the the blog craze in uh, two thousand five, and um, and precisely a lot of people would have blogs on which they would write. The thing is that since I was a journalist and I would write for a living, then I was not going to write for free, if you want, mm-hmm. and and so. Um, and so that's why I would uh, I I only considered taking photos because that was not my normal job normal job. That's what basically that's more or less what killed journalism. A lot of you know, a lot of uh, newspapers disappeared because there's so much. Um, there are so many articles produced by just anybody, mm-hmm. which sometimes are very good articles uh, that basically compete what uh, with what journalists write and uh, you know it's a simple uh, law and offer uh, law if there's too much offer then uh, the information or the articles or anything you read has no more value and that's precisely what's happening at the moment yeah well paris is one of those cities has probably been foot well since the inception of photography um since the gear and the talbot um, created the the process, so th- this city has been one of the most off photograph cities ever. Probably. Did the work of others influence you at all? I mean, are you, even though you don't identify yourself as a photographer, I, I disagree. But um, <laughs> nevertheless, did you start to become interested in the work of other photographer photographers, particularly in the city, or did you just feel like it was just a sort of a personal journey, and you weren't so much? Interested in photography in terms of history and it's in the work that's been produced previously. Yeah, I'm not so much interested in photography, although although I enjoy, uh, of course, looking at what I call good photographies. But this is so debatable. But I probably, you know, working working in the press, even on the on the writing side, of course, I was exposed to uh, how to illustrate uh, articles and stuff like that. So I had to work with the people in charge of photography. So I learned what a good photography is compared to a bad photography. So, so I suppose this played a role because, uh, because well, knowing what a good photography is doesn't mean you can take a good photography. Yeah. But at least uh, you have an idea of what you want to achieve. Now, uh, whether you do or not is another story. Uh, so this this really helped. Because the typical Paris photographers are, you know, people like um, Duano, for example. But that's uh, that's a real... Uh, style of photography, photography in black and white that were taken after the war, or um, I don't know, they're, they're beautiful photographies, of course. Huh? I love them, but uh, I, yeah, no, I, it wouldn't even come to my mind to try to imitate all this or to, you know, to. Uh, yeah. But you know, and it's it's fascinating for me in terms of, especially this time of year, because right now we're in uh, May and going into June, and getting used to the fact that the sun doesn't set till nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that great. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
having that light available for that long mm-hmm. is really kind of wonderful because it allows you to sort of wander a little more, a bit more, and take advantage of the light for mm-hmm. uh, uh, greater periods of time. Uh, t- talk about how how the light plays around here because it's kind of wonderful for me because because of the buildings, the narrow streets, you get these shafts of light that play in the early mornings and the late afternoon that I love to play with. Yeah, uh, the way that it bounces off the surface of the buildings, and even the the colors of the buildings themselves influence the um, the color of the light. And yeah. for me, it's it's really um, marvelous to see. It's in Los Angeles, everything is so spread out that it's kind of rare that you get that. And I think in New York, you have some semblance of that. Yeah, in New York, yeah. Uh, but yeah. there are not very many cities that at least I've experienced that have that. One, can you talk a little bit about about that in your own experience? Well, what I like about uh, the light in photography is that it's never twice the same. So uh, you can go by the same place every day and uh, it will look different. The light will look different because the sun is never the same height or it's never the same season. It's never the same amount of clouds and stuff. And that's sometimes you, you're just like, wow, this is so beautiful. And it, it doesn't last very long. Very often, you know, you're like, oh, yeah. wow. And so you have to be very quick. Um, and um, the light in Paris is... I, my favorite uh, place to take photos in Paris is uh, all the embankment. Because you have the Seine, the, the river. You have uh, all, a lot of beautiful buildings like the Conciergerie, places like that. You have the river banks where people walk and stuff. And it's really, and it's not like in London, for example, where the Thames is very wide, so you don't see much of the other side. It's mm-hmm. very far away. Here, it's very close, and um, and the light on these buildings can be sometimes, or on the bridges, or on the Seine, even can be really fantastic. Yeah, it's, and the people here is is having that in context with the space is so so great because nobody walks in Los Angeles. Yeah, you know, so you, you can go, you can drive down a street and you don't see anybody. And here, there's there's so much life on the streets. I know that you aren't necessarily a, a people photographer, but the, the 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 placement of people within the light, within those buildings, within the streets. How do you like to use them in your photographs? Because I, 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 you know, I see in some you you like just revealing the setting, sands of people, but in other times you like incorporating them in the in the frame. So how does it sort of how does that work for you in in terms of uh, the way you think of a shot when you're making it? In fact, I would love to use uh, the people much more than what I do. I don't for legal reasons because the French law is extremely strict. And you're not allowed to photograph anybody without uh, their consent. So in theory, whenever you photograph someone and publish the photo, you have to ask the written permission, which is very complicated, of course, because sometimes, you know, you just want to take a photo by surprise, for example, because it's much better that way. And you're not going to go after to the person and say, okay, you have to sign this and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So that makes it very complicated. So most of the time I manage uh, to incorporate people without showing their face, for example, or, um, you know, I always try to find a trick. Most, of, you know, I'm sure that most of the time I would, I wouldn't be in trouble because people, you know, people wouldn't sue me or anything, but there mm-hmm. is always a risk and I don't want to take it. So, so that's why I have another blog which I had started uh, some time ago because I, you know, I'm really interested in t- and taking 
photographs of people is even is probably harder than taking is is it's I don't know if it's harder, but anyway, it's a it's a another type of skills. And so I wanted to try that. That's why I started another blog called uh, Parisian Portraits, but Portrait Parisien. And uh, but it would take me so much time that I, I didn't continue because I had to make appointments with the people yeah. and stuff. It was really time consuming for something that is not my job and doesn't, I cannot make money with. So, but it's a shame because it was really very nice to do. Very interesting to do, but it's much, you know, it's complicated because you have to sort of tame the people. You have to make friends with them. You have to, you know, and, and it's, it's another, it's another job. That's why yeah. I can understand why photographing uh, models, for example, even though it's their job, I can understand why it's very complicated. I, I've been told that it's very difficult or more difficult to photograph people here than elsewhere. Um, do you feel like that is really the case in terms of at least the Parisians' attitudes to being included in photographs? Or? Well, the thing is, here we're very uh, protective of our privacy. So I suppose that people feel like their privacy is being invaded. They don't even know why they don't want to be in the photo, but they just say, okay, I don't, I don't want to be in the photo. I don't know why. It's um, We don't like to be exposed. I think it's in French culture. You don't mm -hmm. like to be exposed, except if you're a... If it's for your profession, like if you're an actor, for example, but that's a different story. If you're the average man in the street, then you don't want to be exposed without your permission. I don't know why. It's uh, It's very cultural. Yeah, I, I've been trying to be more sensitive. I mean, I photograph people all the time. So it's like, for me, it's just my nature. But I try to, I'm, I'm hyper sort of vigilant and trying to be very sensitive to people's space here more so than probably back in the yeah, States for yeah. me. I don't know how it is in the States if, you know, um, if people are more okay to be photographed. First of all, the law is different in the States. So it makes a big change because you cannot, you know, you... I, you know, you can't photograph people in the street, and they and you can't publish the photo, right? And yeah, yeah, because it's happen. if they're in a public space it. and it's and it's used for editorial purposes. There's you can you just can't use it for commercial purposes. But here, you can't even use it for no editorial. You no, no, you can't. Person of course, it's always, uh, you know, like, for example, if people are in a demonstration, for example, and if uh, they are photographed and in a magazine, then it's, in theory, they can sue the magazine, but the judges will very rarely grant them uh, what they demand because uh, it's like, okay, you went to a demonstration, so, mm -hmm. uh, of course, uh, you can expect to be photographed. But if you, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, if you write a book about Say Paris. Yes. It can't be published in Paris because you don't have permission uh, of the people, or yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know where it can. Uh, no, no, no. In theory, no. In theory, you know. But the French law is always so that you have the law and you have the application of the law. Okay. And it's very sometimes it's different, but most of the time you don't risk anything because uh, you know it's all a legal thing. Uh, but if they can, if somebody is photographed uh, somewhere. And can prove that because his his face was shown somewhere in the magazine, because of that, for example, he lost his job, then he's going to sue you and and ask for money because he lost his job and he's going to win. Okay, mm. but if he sues you because you didn't want to take a to be photographed and that's it, then uh, it's very likely that he's not going to get anything. I like keeping things so simple. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's I don't want to have to think about all that. <laughs> But, but it's something you have to be sensitive about. I mean, I mean, 
anytime you travel to another culture in another country, you have to be sensitive to the cultural differences, especially when it comes to, to making pictures of people. It's, you can't just assume that everyone is the same way uh, about having a camera directed at them. And I think it's kind of important to have at least a basic understanding of yeah. what the, the cultural issues are before you start raising your camera at someone. And in some countries, it's it's even worse. It's it's like a it's like a rape, or a, you know, it's like a, an invasion of their real privacy. It's like if you photograph someone in in some uh, countries, and, and it's really bad for them, or yeah, they will very react very badly. So we're not that bad, but uh, <laughs> but I can yeah, it's you're right. It's very it's cultural. In some other countries, people are extremely happy to be on the, in the photo. It's different, so you know. It's but uh, you have to know all this, that's for sure. In in the last uh, ten years, have you had the chance to travel much? Uh, I travel a little bit, yeah. So to, to tell me about has the blog sort of helped you in terms of because a lot of people use your blog as a sort of a, a, a primer on where they might want to go and things that they might mm. want to do there. But do you find that the blogs of other people or um, that they've created? have helped to serve you in terms of where you go and no not necessarily no because no 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 when i want to no no the only thing i do is i first you know if i want to travel places then i uh first find all the information i can on on wherever it is on uh on the internet and then i check if there's a daily photo blogger there and then i contact them but okay. it's not the other way around. Like, for example, I, I see a blog and um, and I want to visit the place because uh, because I what I see well, because I like what I see. No, it's not, that's not the way it works. Yeah, I'm not that well organized. That's why Cynthia handles all that stuff. <laughs> People ask me, "Where are you going? What are you doing?" I say, "I don't know. I just know I got a plane to be on." Yeah, also that's <laughs> another. Well, you know, that's another way of traveling. The only thing is that if you prepare a little bit, you. You can also see things that you might miss if you haven't prepared your your journey. So you know, but also it's nice to go places and just you know discover what's uh, under your eyes. And that's yeah. it. tell me about the relationships you've built, uh, you've built as a result of the blog. Because I found out about you as a result of uh, Patria, mm -hmm. who does oh, yeah, that's right, the yeah, daily yeah. photo. So she she turned me on to you. <laughs> um, but She's great. yeah, and so I know that you, even though you may have not visited many of the people that that have the other daily photo blogs, that you've nevertheless have built these sort of virtual relationships yeah, with, yeah. with people. Tell me about about those because I'm sure that that was sort of an unexpected benefit of, of creating your blog. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, there are people people that I really considered like uh, being friends. Even though some of them I have never met, you know, Petria, who's in uh, Pasadena, um, and that I have never met in my life, but I feel like pretty close to her. I think she's great, but I'm not the only one to think that, of course. But um, and it's a shame because uh, last uh, when was it two months ago? I went to uh, San Jose in uh, California, and but and I almost met met her there, but she couldn't make it, so. Uh, we missed each other, but I'm sure I'll meet her one day. And um, but so there are, yeah, people of you know people that I'm friends with on Facebook, for example. So now we exchange on, on a daily basis because we know more or less. You know, the great thing about social networks is that you can share a part of somebody's life uh, very easily before before you you couldn't. 
even if this person is like miles away. Um, and so I have, yeah, several people that I have met that either came to Paris or that I have seen where they are and uh, that I've, you know, I kept good relationship with them. So they're, you know, some of them are really friends. Yeah. It's, I can't help but think about how much you've influenced and touched people's lives as a result of what you've done because you've seriously, because you've encouraged people. Cause I know, uh, uh, Patria, and I think she's just one example of someone who chose to pick up a camera and use it in a way that they otherwise would never have considered as a result of, you know, mirroring what you did with your blog. Mm -hmm. And I think it made photography a little more accessible and fun than it would have been otherwise where, where people feel, look, I have to get this training. I have to do all this stuff. And it was just like, no, I can just go out there and make pictures and share it and get feedback. And I think that's that's important. I think not everyone has to have this sort of sort of formalized education in terms of, of, of photography. Sometimes it's just just a good thing to just dive into it and make pictures and and enjoy it for the fun of yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. And I think that that your blog has allowed a lot of people to to do that, whether or not they created a blog or not. But they saw what you were doing and realized, oh, I. I you know, it doesn't have to be this singular path to to picking up a camera and having fun with it. And I think that that uh, you deserve a lot of credit for that. Well, I don't know. Thank you anyway. But, <laughs> uh, the thing is that from the very beginning, we always uh, made it a point that anybody could be part of this community. So you didn't have to be like a, a super photographer in your, in your own town. You could uh, join the community, the City Daily Photo Blogger community, whoever you would be, the only condition was that you would post a photo every day of your town, of your city. That was the only condition. So mm -hmm. that's why we had, you know, from anybody, students to uh, housewives to uh, um, professional yeah. photographers, you know, any type of people who just wanted to experience the daily blogging, which was fun. It was fun. It was really, uh, yeah, it was at some point, you know, during the... Um, before the before the social networks started being strong, the community was really very very big and very uh, intense and very interesting. And so I remember the first uh, it was very touching the first uh, anniversary of Paris Daily Photo. Uh, all the other bloggers um, made a special uh, photo that would uh, include something about Paris in them, but where they were, right? So, mm -hmm. for example. In, in uh, I remember in San Francisco they would photograph a photo that would like a, that would look like a street in Montmartre, or they would photograph a little uh, Eiffel Tower that they had. Oh, that's very nice. And it was super. I was very touched. I spent the whole night answering to every <laughs> single one. It was very uh, touching. It was you know it was an important part of my life. In fact, uh, now it's now you know that's why I want to stop it because I feel it's coming to an end and it's mm -hmm. a natural thing. But for many years, it was very, very, very interesting. Well, do you have photographs that you're very proud that you've made over the years? I know you've made so many, <laughs> many images, but uh, do you have a particular affinity for any of the images that you've made? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Some, some of them <laughs> I like. I have <laughs> many more that I'm not proud of. But uh, yeah, some of them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Some of them I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's a good photo. Do, do you have um, a particular memory of one in particular that comes to mind? Yes. The first one I can actually say, oh, this is a great photo. 
uh, I could actually say it was a, this is a great photo was a photo of the Orsay Museum, and it's a photo I took very very quickly on the web. It was raining that night. I remember that day. Um, and I was coming back from work and I was tired and I was, it was cold and stuff, but I don't know. I stopped and I took a photo of the, uh, of the Musée d'Orsay and there was the, the rain, there were clouds, it was, uh, dusk and stuff. So, and the result was absolutely fantastic, but that was the first photo. I said, Oh, wow. This, I didn't have anything to do. No, you know, <laughs> no enhancement, no anything. It was really good. But you were there and you were ready. Yeah, yeah, but the, yeah, but it was chance. Frankly, it was chance. Yeah, but that's that's what it takes sometimes. Yeah, 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 you know, definitely. It's, have, oh, it's yeah, having yeah. your camera because if you don't yeah. have your camera, you can't make the picture. You can just tell a wonderful story about something that got yeah, away. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I carry my camera all the time. You don't get tired of it having the camera with you? Yeah, it's uh, well, it's yeah, that's also why I'd be happy to uh, stop it because now whenever I go out, I have to take my camera with me, and it's uh, it's heavy, uh, it's, it takes room and stuff. It's not very easy, but you know, like you say, uh, I wouldn't like to miss an opportunity, so so uh, that's why I do it. But photography will still be part of your life after you're done with the blog. You just won't have the commitment or the obligation yeah. to have to to post something every day yeah true no yeah yeah i will probably still continue i don't know maybe i'll go maybe i'll i'll go back to this uh portrait uh blog and try to continue this i don't know because uh, i i don't even know if i'm gonna stay in paris for the next uh, 10 years so it would be <laughs> interesting to see what you do with uh, with the portraits i would be it, really fascinated with um with that well you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, just, just my two cents. <laughs> so, for people who are are coming to Paris, I know you probably get this a lot from the from the blog, with people sort of asking you to recommend places to go and things yeah. to see. But um, in general, not not so much a specific location. But if someone is coming here to Paris and photography is going to be a big part of it, what are some suggestions or ideas you'd like to put in their head before they arrive here? Like I said, the uh, the best place to take photos is definitely the embankment and from Bercy which is at the very east of Paris to the Eiffel Tower which is at the west of Paris so that yeah yeah that's you know you've got so many photo opportunities but definitely the center of course Le Marais you know you got opportunities almost everywhere everywhere almost everywhere now you know if you um if you go to the Marais, for example, then you've got all these old buildings and stuff. So you can take like a zillion photos because it's easy. All the nice buildings, it's easy. All you need to do is uh, pull the trigger. Uh, if you want to be a little more creative, then you have to go uh, outside of the um, very center. And then it becomes a little more complicated because you have the architect architecture is less interesting. Mm -hmm. Um but there are photo opportunities, of course, even even outside of the even yeah outside of the very center. Well, you've got some in, just like in any cities, you've got uh, some ugly places. But even some ugly places, you can always find something interesting. And sometimes ugliness can be can be nice to photograph. Especially here, you think so? Yeah, I think so. That's just, I think I think with Los Angeles, there's just some places where it's so uniform. You know, it's so it's strip malls and there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I and, and I and I think that's you know some photographers have been able to take that and really make interesting photographs of it. But uh, it's nice that even with the 
you know, places that are less, you know, less um, classic as central of Paris. That for me, it's still sort of fascinating to to explore those those outer outer areas, outer areas as well as as the center. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, th I think it's worth because, yeah, especially if you come uh, for the second time, for example, because the first time you have to do the uh, classic. I would say, you know, you, if you come to Paris the first time you have to go to the Eiffel Tower you have to see all the touristy places which are touristy of course but which are touristy for a reason is because mm -hmm. they are nice to see but if you come the second time then you can explore uh, different places and, and go. it's easy on, on top of that it's easy to travel in Paris because you have the metro that goes takes you just everywhere thank goodness for the metro yeah yeah it's fantastic it's nice to be able to get around mm. uh, that's not the case where I'm from <laughs> no no that's right that, that we're very lucky with that Yeah, we're very lucky with that. Well, my last question that I ask each guest is that I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore. And it can be anyone. Someone you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. So who would that one photographer hmm. be and why? In fact, there's a photographer that I um, really admire. He used to uh, work during the same time as uh, Robert Doineau. But he's much less uh, famous than him. I don't, I don't know why. Um, so his name is uh, uh, René Maltet. That's M-A-L-T-E-T-E. -E. And uh, most of his photos are in black and white. And and it's, he makes funny photos, but also with very stylish. And it was you have to see what he does because it's it's very uh, hard to describe. It is very. Uh, It's very interesting. And the funny thing is that uh, once I met, there was an exhibition in Paris about him. That's how I found out, uh, found out about him. And I posted something on my blog about him and uh, I got in touch with his son mm. who I met. And that was uh, very uh, touching to discuss. Oh, that's very him. nice. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Yeah, also, that's, that's also, I made some encounters through Paris Daily Photo Uh, people that are based in Paris uh, that I would have never made uh, if I didn't have this blog. Wow, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where can people go to find out more about you and and, uh, and the blog and everything that you do? Well, you know, I'm on uh, the uh, mostly on Facebook. So it's Facebook, Eric Tenin, T-E-N-I-N. And so I accept all uh, friend uh, requests. So it's very easy to get in touch with me. And the blog uh, is Pasadena. Yeah, the blog is, I mean, uh, is parisdailyphoto.com. It's very easy to remember. Well, Eric, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Bye, Alex. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the show. Remember that my latest book, Portraits of Strangers, is available for purchase. And for loyal listeners of the show, you can enjoy 30% off the ebook or any other book or DVD that I've produced, including my first book, Chasing the Light, Improving Your Photography Using Available Light. Click on the link on the show notes and use the promo code PORELLO, that's P as in Paul, E-R-E-L-L-O, to receive your discount. The Candid Frame is brought to you by the generous contributions of listeners just like you, as well as the work of our audio engineer, Martin Taylor, who you can find at theothermartintaylor.com. And our music is from Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com. And this is Ibarian X, and this is The Candid Frame.